0: Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA Front Office Show. My name is Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane or on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. The NBA is coming back. We're still excited about that. It's coming up July 31st. I can't wait. News trickling out about exactly what everything is going to look like. I'm thrilled. We're going to be breaking down a lot of different things today. We're going to take a look at the. Uh, we're going to take a look at the different standings and who could be moving up, who could be moving down. We're going to take a look at who benefited from the hiatus, the the suspension of the NBA season. We're going to break all of that down. Don't forget, guys! Make sure you are following the NBA Front Office Show at on Twitter at Front Office Show, and please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us out, so we appreciate when you do that. Here with me today, as always, we've got Keith Smith, man of many talents. How are you doing, buddy? I
1: don't have that many talents, man. <laughs> no, that's too too much. I don't know if I have any.
0: That's that's a good oh, question. Oh,
1: come on! You- I can balance things on one finger, really good. Well, that's like heavy things. Oh, too.
0: Okay, see, I that's didn't, talent, I didn't know that. That's something that's impressive. And yeah. on top of that, you can, I'll you're, you're like the salary cap guru. You're, <laughs> you're the Disney guru, and and you She's chart. Some, I yeah. didn't even know you did this until a few months ago. You chart NFL plays. Like, come on, that's that's do, that's many yeah. talents right there.
1: Yeah, the NFL plays thing was going to go away, but if the uh, income situation stays as is, the NFL uh, play charting is going to come back into my life again this fall. But, yeah, man, no, I'm excited. This week we're going to talk actual basketball, you know, Amazing. and not, uh, not just, you yeah, know, well, we've got a little bit of stuff to cover, but, but then we're going to get into basketball stuff, and I think that's going to be, be pretty cool. So uh, I'm excited about that, man. Who who would have thunk, you know, we'd, we'd be talking actual basketball that's going to be played here in, uh you know what? Next month, month and a half now, or so ish in that range. Yeah,
0: we're we're yeah. right there. It's it's within it's it's within an arm's distance here. We're almost there to the point where where teams are going to get back and they're going to start playing. See, like covering the teams and everything, and covering the NBA. That's the part where, like, I want to see the games. But once they get back to really practicing, we're going to start hearing, "Hey, this guy's in shape. This guy's not yep. in shape." And then that gives us yep. a whole other level of analysis to get into. Exactly, we'll
1: find out. Kind of, you know, unfortunately, we found out with Boyan Bogdanovich. We'll find out, mm-hmm. you know, this guy's, you know, a little too banged up to come back. Lamarcus Aldridge, we just found that news out oh. this week, and I know we're going to talk both those teams. So we'll talk about that then. But, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm excited that we're, you know, back to, you know, kind of doing what we really want to do. Um, you know, is, is is talking this instead of you know what what could be, what might be, and all these kind of things. And I know as uh, both of us are uh, soccer fans, and MLS mm-hmm. announced right. today with Disney, they're coming, coming less than a month. You know, they're going to be on property here in uh, Central Florida, Disney World, uh, playing some soccer uh, tournament, which is going to be pretty cool. And it was funny. I loved uh, soccer fans who are already getting all up in arms because Orlando City's not not very good. And they were all which we don't know. Right. I mean, maybe they were going to be really good this year. Uh, Never get started to find out. But they were all up in arms because um, they have the A slot in this uh, uh, bracketing Uh thing for the soccer tournament because they're technically the host club and uh, people were like why do they get it they stink and i was like yes sports are back people are outraged (laughs) over stupid stuff this is amazing i can't wait so yeah man we're almost there we're we're getting there
0: yeah I'm, i'm i'm thrilled for that as well for the mls to come back and i know most of our listeners are probably not mls fans or whatever that's that's fine it's something i grew up with so i certainly am am excited to see them come back and and you know what like Big time for Disney, right? To get not just the NBA, but the MLS. I was looking through my closet. I, apparently I do not own a Disney shirt. I, I Maybe this is something I need to rectify. But so that's why I'm close? wearing my, my Marvel shirt right now because I figured it that's works. that's about as close as I can get at this point.
1: It works. It's pretty close. You know what's funny? For someone who worked there for almost twenty years, I don't own very many Disney shirts either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most most of the, the shirts I own are either plain or they are. My mom continually buys me uh, t shirts every birthday Christmas any anytime you would send a present I know that there's going to be Patriots stuff in there and there's going to be um, uh, Boston College stuff and maybe some Celtics stuff mixed in there and that's all going to be thrown in so yeah I, I own precious little Disney stuff myself so yeah that's uh yeah I, I would have to dig it out I probably have a sweatshirt or two though those are that's probably the best I could do
0: OK, well, then maybe I don't I don't feel so bad about that. Then. Yeah, I'm not, not having bad. Disney in a, in my wardrobe. All right. So let's talk a little bit about this whole structure. So we've got we talked a bit about it last week. Twenty two teams coming back. Right. There yeah. are um, some surprises in there. The Washington Wizards, the Phoenix Suns, a little bit surprising that they're back. But you know what? As much as we focus on, OK, the eight, nine tournament, what can that look like? Who can sneak into the eight seed in the Western Conference? And and that's certainly exciting. But there's also some movement that we can see within eight games yep. that could make a big, big impact on the NBA playoffs. So let's let's start with the Eastern Conference, right? The Milwaukee Bucks—they're locked in, six and a half game lead. They are the number one seed in the East. That's not changing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if they showed up and went zero and eight it's not yeah. changing because, you know, Toronto's probably not going, you know, seven and one to close that right. gap. That's, that's not going to happen. So yeah. So the bucks, I, I think probably the bucks, and I know we'll talk about the Lakers in a minute, but I think those two teams probably more than any others will treat this as a little bit of a, just knock the rust off, get guys ready and be, be ready for the playoffs, which is what they would have done
0: um, you know, with the final couple weeks of the regular season anyway. Right. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what they would do. Um, now starting though with the Raptors, Okay, the Raptors have a three-game lead over the Boston Celtics. Now that's, to me, that feels pretty safe. But in an yeah. eight-game stretch, it's still possible for the Celtics to make a push there for the two-seed. But do you feel that the Celtics would be all that motivated to put <laughs> forth the effort they would need to try to get up to the two? Like like the difference would be right now, if things stay the same, it would be fairly significant because you wouldn't be facing the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round. Instead, you would get the Brooklyn Nets, who will be without Kevin Durant and Kyrie, we now know, for sure. But yep. um, I, I don't know. Do you think Boston will expend the energy to try to make a run for that two seed?
1: Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because that's your motivation is to try to get Brooklyn or maybe Orlando if Orlando mm-hmm. climbs up into the seventh slot, because I know we'll get to them, but them and Brooklyn are pretty tight. Um, you know. But I, I think for the Celtics, it's going to be more about making sure they hold off the heat. Um, who are just behind them, um, yeah. by, by a couple of games, because here's the thing with Toronto. Um, they are, even if they, it, if the schedule goes the way we think it's going to go, where you play kind of the next eight teams on your schedule that are in the bubble, and then there'll be a couple exceptions to that. Um, the Celtics would play Toronto again, which means they could even up the season series at 2 mm-hmm. 2. And then what that could mean is, all right, if they could catch them, they got to do that. Then they got to get the conference tiebreaker. There's just so many things that make it, I just find it very hard to believe. Um, and we'll come back to Boston in a second. I want it. Toronto, I think, really important Toronto hasn't been healthy. You know, almost right. all year, somebody's always missing. So I think this is this this eight games is pretty big for them. Um, not necessarily to win a whole bunch because we just said it right; they only going to win a few times to hold off the Celtics. Um, but I think for them to get back in a rhythm um, with their main guys because they should have everybody healthy and ready to go. And did Did you see the pictures of all Gasol um, that were floating around the internet? I don't know if you saw. Him. No, it I, I didn't. True, he's skinny. Skinny man, really? Like, yeah, I don't know. I've ever seen him look that skinny, almost frighteningly well, so. Where I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, it, 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 kind of part of your deal now, is that you got that bulk and throw dudes around. So, so that was kind of funny.
0: Um, I, I mean, yo, but, but this like, is kind of we kind of had a mini off season. We always see, like, yeah. we saw ja- we saw jacked Porzingis where he looked like yep. Dolph Lundgren, right? Like, yep. how much of that is really going to translate to to game action? Absolute. But I mean, look, bottom line, though, if you're saying that that Gasol has lost weight. I think in terms of an older kind of lumbering big man lightening the load on the on the joints on the knees and everything, yeah. that's usually a, a good thing, I would think.
1: I think especially too when you're talking about the fact that the this compressed schedule, what it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna play eight games in sixteen days, um, which is basically playing every other day to get the seating games done. And then the playoffs are gonna get, you know, crammed into about a two-ish month window. Or so, and that's not you know it's, it's usually you know right around that length, but you know a li- little bit longer when, when we're in the um you know regular time frame. So, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. And part of that is you know why why it's going to be so condensed is they're going to have to probably do some back to backs and like because you don't have all these teams, you know you don't have uh, eight different venues going in the first round mm-hmm. um at a time. You're not going to have a venue, so it's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, so you know Toronto, Boston. I think Toronto holds off Boston. I think they're probably locked into the two. Now the Celtics, the question you asked, I'll finally answer it You know, all this time later. I don't think they really care that much about catching Toronto for two. If this was normal, I think they would care because then you're going to get mm-hmm. home court advantage in a second round matchup. That doesn't exist here. So I don't think that's the motivator. I think the motivator, the biggest one is stay on the opposite side of Milwaukee for as long as you mm-hmm. can. Yeah, maybe they would care more about getting out of that 3-6 matchup and getting up to play Brooklyn or Orlando. But I think that's more of a, if it happens, fine. And if you get down to... You know, each side's played six of these games, and that's still in play. Maybe Boston pushes a little harder, then to try to move up to two. But I just, I think they're going to be again a team that's dealt with a lot of guys banged up all year long. It's going to be about let's knock knock the rust off, get these guys in rhythm together, and then let's head into the playoffs. And then that's where it gets really tight is after the Celtics because Miami, Indiana, and Philly are all you know bunched together pretty tight.
0: Yeah, and that's where, like. It's not guaranteed they're playing the, the Philadelphia. The, the Celtics aren't guaranteed to play the Philadelphia Correct. 76ers. Um, in fact, I think out of that grouping between Miami, Indiana, and, and Philadelphia, I think you can make an argument that Philadelphia, if they're fully healthy, is the team that you would least want to see. Although, sure. you know, the, the heat and the patience are right there. You can make arguments for any of them. But. Uh, but I don't think it's going to stay that way. I think Philadelphia is going to move up, and I can see Indiana sliding down a slot. But we'll get to them in just a second, I guess. Uh, the Miami Heat, is there – I mean, I guess the motivation for them is move up to that three, and then you put the Bucks on the opposite side of the bracket. So uh, so the Miami Heat are in an interesting position where maybe they could catch up to the Boston Celtics.
1: Yeah, I look at it similar to you know what Boston has to do against um, – to catch Toronto. Miami's mm-hmm. three games behind in the lost column. So they've got to make up that ground to get up there to catch the Celtics. And it just you know, not impossible, certainly. Um, especially with the fact that nobody's really playing any easy schedule. Right. You know, here you can even make the case, you know, this is when you want to be playing the Bucks and the Lakers because not a whole heck of a lot to play for for either one of them. So why are you yeah. gonna you know subject guys to these these injuries? But there's no there's no calves, there's no warriors, there's nobody you know on there that you're looking at and saying, well that's win for sure um so i think think it is interesting to to look at that and say um you know to uh to the um the heat is again i think it's you know if they catch boston great but i think it's again it's going to be more let's push to try to get there but what i start to wonder is do you look at it if you're one of those two teams and say Well, you know, dropping back to six – or any of those three teams, I should say. Dropping back to six, not the worst thing in the world because then I get Boston and I'm out of Milwaukee's side. So I'd start to wonder – if you get down to three or four games to play, if you start playing some seeding games there where it's like, you know, I'm not too, you know, these are all seeding games, but you know what I mean? You're playing yeah. you play your shenanigans, right? You're going through, uh, I'd rather, you know, play the Celtics in the first round and, and take my chances there. And then if I can beat them, I go into, you know, playing, um. You know Toronto in the second round likely versus having to go play Milwaukee, and that's that's you know going to be something these teams are going to consider too. I think I think it's more likely they'll just go out and try to win games and you know, let it fall where it may. But you know you might get some of that as we get get a little later into this thing.
0: You know that that's an interesting point. I think that they are. I think most teams will go just go out there and play. But you know what? It, on one hand, this getting say you drop to six. If you are the Indiana Pacers and you're looking at your at your schedule and you think okay you know if we drop to 6 that means we get the Celtics in the first round i would rather play the Miami Heat than the Celtics in the first round and based on point differential that holds true right and point differential tends to give us a decent idea of how good yep. teams actually are the Celtics are a step up from the Miami Heat so in that respect that wouldn't be a good thing to drop to 6 but it's also a pretty big jump from the Toronto Raptors to the Milwaukee Bucks. And if you're looking at the Celtics as a team that you think you can get past, it would make a lot of sense to target that sixth spot, like you said, because then you can avoid Milwaukee for a little bit. So I I think that's an interesting idea, Keith. And uh, and I don't think it's going to play out that way. But if we do see some weird stuff going on, maybe somebody is angling to get into that sixth seed.
1: Yeah, and in in you know, and uh, with with the Celtics too, I think you can make a case that when Boston's fully healthy, that maybe they are the fourth best team in the league. You know, behind the mm-hmm. Box Clippers, Lakers, and and then the Celtics. I think they're right on par with Toronto. You know, yeah. when they're healthy, they just haven't been healthy for you know large chunks of the year. There are always was one or two key guys missing out of the lineup almost all season long. So so I think that is you know something that they're going to be looking at, and that's you know Danny Ainge going all the way back to the trade deadline. Time, which now feels like it was like four years ago. Um, you know, Danny Ainge. They said, you know, what do you need most? And he said, health. We we've got everything we need. We we just need health. We we need to be healthy going into this. So I think that is you know something that's really important as we we look at this is you know I think you're going to see teams prioritize that you know maybe over a lot of other things, especially if it comes down to winning games. But yeah, you could tell me any combination of Miami, Indiana, and um, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You know, but would be there now i'll say miami you know they're gonna get myers leonard back who was actually playing pretty good for them yes. and he he was out he injured you know for and he'd been out for a little while so he'll get back um you know just bumps and bruises for a like, lot bumps and bruises for everybody but some of these teams had more bumps and bruises than others so i think miami getting healthy is going to be big for them in the playoffs i also think they're one of the teams that just mindset wise I don't think they fear the Bucs like you know maybe you know some of the other teams do I think they feel like they could go in there and win I think Philly maybe feels that way as well because we've we've seen you know they they trust uh, Joel Embiid to to guard Giannis and you know see what he can do against them Um, you know and I don't want to skip Indiana but I started talking about Philly so I'll come back to Indiana you know Philly's gonna presumably have Ben Simmons which is huge you know there's an injury that who knows what he would have been if the playoffs had started in mid-April? Right. Now it's a back injury. I wrote this for Celtics blog today. Celtics fans know probably better than just about anybody what a back injury does. Guy can come back, look awesome for a day, and then be out for you know two months. You know after that because you know because the back locks up on him. So that's something you got to be be you know cautious of. And I would think you know all eyes will be on Ben Simmons here as everybody gets back to work, and then Indiana now. Yeah, the Pacers were just kind of becoming the team we thought they might be as Victor Oladipo was back in the lineup. But then they Uh, lost Malcolm Brogdon. Now, presumably, they'll have him back, too. And Oladipo, you know, hopefully is, you know, stronger and able to go, you know, deeper into games and those kind of things. So the Pacers are going to be a tough out. I just don't know if the Pacers in this compressed environment, I just don't know that they have the depth. I just don't trust right. you know more than maybe a couple guys off their bench, you know, for much more. And I only really trust them to kind of deliver shooting, um, and that's re- really about it. So I am you know a little bit worried about that. So yeah, but a- any group, any grouping there, you know, I you could talk me into you know any ordering four to five, four to six, and that would make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, you know, it, I look at that group. I look at Miami. I look at Indiana. I look at Philly, and I still just feel like out of that group. If each team were to hit their ceiling, Philadelphia is the best. I think yes. out of that group, there they would they have the highest ceiling out of yeah. everybody else. But we don't know what teams are going to look like coming out of this hiatus. We don't know who's been sitting on the couch, who's been putting in work, who's been running yeah. wind sprints in their we don't in their homes. We don't know exactly what yeah. impact this is going to have. So who knows exactly what it, what it's going to look like? Um, you know what though? I'll throw this out there just because we talked about Miami, and then we'll move on to Brooklyn and, and Orlando. We need to give credit to the Miami Heat because there's been all this talk recently about, hey, you know what, the NBA, uh, they're going to open up transactions uh, coming up here on June 22nd, and and it's going to be an open transaction window. And and the big disclaimer that I've seen in pretty much every article has been, even for teams that are out of the playoffs, sometimes these late season signings can matter. For example... Miami with <laughs> Kedrick Nunn and and Duncan Robinson. And, and you know what? Credit to them. I mean they found two starters, right? <laughs> for basically for free. Uh um, yeah. so it's so a tons of credit to the Miami Heat for what they've what they've accomplished.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Nunn's a guy who he's in the rookie of the year race. Um, mm-hmm. you know, probably second, third for most people behind John Moran, maybe Zion Williamson. But he is a guy who in that he didn't even play last year you know after the heat signed him did not play in the NBA they signed him he was just a practice guy and then brought him in and he won the starting point guard job and of course some of that is you know to preserve Goran Dragic by bringing him off the bench and playing him right. less minutes and stagger their lineups a little bit better so when Dragic is in there he's the offensive focal point and those kind of things but yeah that's huge there's going to be somebody's going to poach you know a good player or two you know here late in this uh you know late signing period or whatever the heck we want to call it um over this this month uh you know later in this month is what i meant to say in june when that opens up yeah somebody's going to get somebody good who makes an impact in the nba next year now what i don't think is going to happen is i don't think we're going to see anybody signing one who's a huge impact player in the playoffs that just doesn't you know everybody likes to go to pj brown you know for the celtics back in 2007 and 8 um and that's yes that is true pj brown was awesome but you know okay name me the next one you know, right? You, you can't. You know, there's not there. There isn't necessarily guys who you know step up and do huge things. You know, this late, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. So, um, you know, with that, but yeah, that's a good call out, man. Good call out for the Heat there, because they're you know kind of always working. Kind of, kind of goes to tell you some of you know one of the tenants of our show is working on your roster never stops. You know, it's a yeah. it's a you know year round thing. You're you know constantly doing your thing. There's you know whether you're the college side of the organization or the pro personnel side or the G League side or the overseas side. Everybody's always working you know at all times to try and build these things up. And you know that's going to be interesting. But yeah, bottom of the conference, Brooklyn, Orlando. I think that one's kind of a dogfight. I they'll, they'll, I, I they'll go all the way. I think that one might be you know more interesting than some of the others because I think they, neither one of them wants to play Milwaukee. Yeah, you know, nope. I think I mean not Let's be real. Neither one of them is going to be Toronto either, you know, barring something real, you know, unless Kyle Lowry shows up looking like the little cartoon I tweeted where he looked like a 300 you know, pound cabbage patch kid. Um, you know, If he shows up like that, then all right, maybe you'll get him. Um, right. But, you know, yeah, I don't think, um, you know, I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to fight and do everything they can to get away from Milwaukee. While also, you know, it's only going to take a couple games to get there, but trying to hold off and make sure Washington doesn't figure into this thing because nobody wants to play those extra playing games if you if you can avoid it
0: yeah and i i'm not worried about washington i don't think i don't look at them as a legit threat and maybe i'm wrong maybe they they make a run and everything but they're uh, i mean five and a half games back it's it's just too big of a gap in an eight game span for them to to really to realistically make that up and i just don't think they're they're not a high quality team
1: Sorry to interrupt you. They do just to make sure everybody is on the same page. They only got to get yeah. to four games. But then it's four right. games, and then they got to beat Orlando or Brooklyn yeah. two times in a row. And, you know, I mean, there there's a reason that they're, you know, 20 and whatever they are. I know you've got it pulled up. I don't have it up in front of me, but they're, you know, they're bad. 24 and 40. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. He's in your 24 and 40, you know, and they, they probably weren't going on a 16, 17 game win streak to close to the end of the regular season to get to be a 500 team where that was in reach for Orlando or Brooklyn to pull that off. But yeah, I don't that I. I don't want to spend a lot of time on them. Other than if Bradley Beal pulls this off, Bradley Beal is 100% all NBA. No, not even a question in my mind. If he can get them, yep. drag them into the playoffs with you know what would have to be a kind of Herculean effort to pull that off. That they, you know that give him you know all the accolades and everything you know you want to give him. But yeah, Brooklyn, I, I do kind of wonder with Brooklyn, you know, where their mindset is at because you know we know Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving aren't going to play. Right. You know they they basically you know completely squash that unless they're really gonna you know pull a WWE style reveal here at some you know point in one of these games down in uh, Walt Disney World. You know we'll see what that looks like. So yeah, you know, I do wonder. But you know what's interesting with that team is you've got guys who I think are kind of maybe have the mindset of playing for jobs for next year. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and trying to impress and show, hey, I can do these things. I should be a part of this team when KD and Kyrie are here. And you know, I this is how I could you know really help this team. They've got a couple free agents. You've got a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, who is you know very very good player, and a lot of people have mentioned as a potential trade target because Kyrie presumably is healthy. I personally don't think they're gonna until Kyrie shows he can make it through sixty or seventy games. You know, never mind. You know, forty mm-hmm. or fifty. You know, I don't think. Dinwiddie's going anywhere. He's the you know best backup point guard in the entire league in that situation. But it is uh you know it it is interesting to see you know how they go. And then for Orlando, it's you know there's no reason for them not to do their best to win games you know, that they should just continue to push. It doesn't sound like Jonathan Isaac or Al Farouk Aminu are going to play. That would have made a difference. I would have felt a lot better about them in the playoffs, you know, and they haven't completely ruled either guy out yet. It just sounds like they're going to be cautious, and I think that's where all these teams are going to land just because of, again, this window is so tight to get all these games in. You're asking a lot of these guys, and I don't think they're going to ask these guys to ramp up, you know, relatively quickly to be ready to play and then, you know, get in there and do that. So, you know, but that's, you know, I, I probably said a lot more words than I should have about two teams that'll, you know, they're going to play their eight games and they're probably yeah, they get play to play four or get five more. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Want to go to the West? Well, yeah. I just want to say um, between the two, sure. and by the way, like I, I, I get a game and a half back. That's all that, that Washington needs to make up. I still think that's going to be a struggle yep. for them um, okay. between those two. Orlando and Brooklyn, I kind—I I don't know why. There's nothing in the, the advanced stats or anything that tells me I should, but I feel like Orlando is going to move into that 7th seed. I do too.
1: Yeah, I, I
0: think they're just going to push harder for yeah.
1: it. Uh, I think they, they have more motivation where their almost entire roster, except maybe Evan Fournier, and I think even he's probably you know a guy who might pick up that player option now versus go the free agency route. I think they're going to push a little harder to get there because there's no reason to not where brooklyn's got got a couple guys who are free agents that they might look at and say yeah i don't know or if right. you know I, man my ankle's not feeling quite right you know what am i pushing here for this this late in this year and this weird season and the like when free agency is you know what feels like literally days <laughs> away you know from the time the whole thing, thing starts yeah, um, so yeah it'll be yeah it kind of is for sure um so yeah so i don't i don't know you know but i'm with you and that's just a feeling i've had too and that's not against the nets i just think the nets all year it's felt like the nets next year is their year Mm -hmm. you know all season long i've kind of had that feeling on them is whatever happens this year happens and it's it's all well and good but next year is their year so
0: yeah i'm with you on that i think even at an organizational level we've seen that that's been the hey you know we're gonna get through this year but that next year kevin durant comes back and so it's all about all about him um and, and if it wasn't right, you would you would play those guys. You, oh, yeah. You'd say, all right, let's
1: look, let's mm-hmm. let them out there. Even yeah, I just think they're and for what it's worth, because I probably haven't said it on the show, they're making the right decision. There's so little upside. Can you imagine you play Kevin Durant in these games at Walt Disney World and then next year which you know starts you know approximately a month or two after this season ends um you know and now all of a sudden he's limited at the start of next year because of anything that happened in you know maybe a four game or five game loss in the first round that just no no one's going to be happy with that so they're absolutely in my mind making the right decision
0: yeah agreed. i saw all the people in the comments as soon as it was official that hey katie said he's not coming back all the people in the comments using the kobe gif where he called dwight howard soft and and all that you're like come on on. I mean, I, I look I, I would love to see Kevin Durant out there as well as long as they are not playing the Lakers. Okay. I would I would yeah, he's I, already come, he, I'd love to see him.
1: He's already coming back from sense. an injury that ruins careers. Yeah. You know, of course you should be careful with that. You shouldn't be rushing anybody back from an Achilles. Like that's just no. you know, crazy. It's you know, that's yeah, but all right. It, all right, let's do the West. Yeah, man. let's
0: let's go west, young man. Here uh we've got so the Lakers five and a half game lead. I feel pretty confident they're gonna stick in that in that one spot. <laughs> Um, That should be good. But then, uh, but then after that, you know, you've got the two, three, you've got the Clippers sitting at two, five and a half games back, but they only have a game and a half lead over the Denver Nuggets and the Nuggets, you know what, they started off slow. They weren't exactly what we thought they would be. Uh, But I, I think overall that team still has a lot of talent. And I wouldn't put it past them to make a run, particularly if the Clippers do what they've done all season, which has been we only care about the playoffs. And if there's a cold wind blowing, Kawhi is going to sit over there on the bench and we're not going to let him out on the floor. I think that, that the Clippers are going to be very, very careful with their guys, making yeah. sure that they're, they're all good to go for the playoffs. And I could see the Denver the Denver Nuggets making a push for that, for that two seed.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you Sue, and I think there's a couple things there. I think you're spot on with the Clippers. Um, you know, kind of taking it careful. I, I think they're going to do everything they can to make sure they don't drop any further than third. Mm-hmm. Which what, what's who who's in fourth right now? Utah. Utah. And they're how far behind LA the Clippers? Uh,
0: behind the Clippers, they're 3 games. 3 games back of, okay. of the Clippers.
1: So that's a, t- that's a good amount mm. there where I think the Clippers should be able to hold There's them up. So I, it starts to almost be a little bit like the Boston-Toronto story, yep. right, in the Eastern Conference where you want to be 2-3 because you want to be on the opposite side of the bracket from the Lakers. You want to avoid them as long as possible. Um, so I think the Clippers will do what they've done all year, just make sure we're in the top half. Um, but now I think it's, all right, we see where the Lakers are at, so let's make sure we you know don't fall further than mm. three. But – But it's mostly about let's get to that first-round series with Kawhi, Paul George, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, a lot of guys who had been banged up, missed time, they were careful with, uh, whatever you want to call it. Let's make sure that those guys are all good the rest of the way. And I apologize, I just see – all right. All right. it wasn't a big breaking news sorry that's just kind of where it's at right you get the twitter notification you got to look um so it is uh you know so i think think that's where the clippers are at. i think oh, yeah. what is a little bit different or i guess you know similar to the uh to, to the east as well is you'd really love to be seven because or two because then you get to play seven and i think that's important because then you're getting dallas most likely is probably going to be the seventh seed um and you know i, I love the mavericks and i think mm-hmm. they've done a lot of a lot of good stuff this year but again i think they're a team that's a year away from being a real you know kind of making real noise and i think what you'll see there is you know if you're the nuggets or the clippers you'd much rather play them than whoever kind of loses the derby and falls to six the only thing i would say there is keep an eye on whatever happens with utah yeah because if utah slips out do you feel a little bit better without bogdanovich that you're feeling a little good about. All right, I, you know, I, I'll we'll take our chances with the Jazz.
0: Yeah, I could say okay. Like, I would much rather play the Mavericks at seven than I would play the Houston Rockets at six. There's no question there. But I think yeah. when you start no, talking no, about no. the Utah Jazz without Bogdanovich, I think then you could maybe really have a debate between. Utah and and the Mavericks assuming the Mavericks are fully healthy and you've got Luca in there and just how high scoring that offense has been you know you look at point differential the Mavs actually have a higher point differential than the Rockets the the Thunder or the Jazz or or even the Nuggets Um, the Mavs have been when the Mavs get going they're very very good they can they just have games where they struggle quite a bit too so I think they're a dangerous opponent and but I but I agree with what you're saying if that team that's sitting there is is the Rockets.
1: And I think if you're the Clippers, you look at it as we can throw any number of guys at Luca.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, we'll we'll throw, you know, Kawhi on him, Paul George on yeah. him, Beverly on him. You know, we we could even, you know, go with um, you know, a couple of the guys off the bench that we can throw at him and just see what it looks like, give a bunch of different looks, and we can get through that. You know, maybe he lose a game or two if the Mavs really offense gets cranking, you know, versus you know, you know, that but I think you feel pretty good where Utah, you know you're gonna be in for just a tough series. You just because of the way they play it's going to be hard to play utah even without bogdanovich but but i'm with you i think you could look down there and say ah, utah slipped that far maybe that's not the worst yeah. thing in the world again I, I think those two teams will play it out i think denver probably a little more motivated to get up to the two seed where the clippers i think you know they're going to prioritize health above all and i think that'll it wouldn't surprise me if denver passes them and the clippers fall to three and i don't think the clippers really care all that
0: much see from a from a- unless
1: it's you know the rockets or whoever because I think
0: you're right there. Right. From a, from a Lakers perspective, I see all of the possibility for movement here. I mean, the the Rockets and the Thunder are both tied in terms of the number of games back they are. Um, I, I would rather see this this stay as is because I don't really want to see the sure. Houston Rockets say in the second round. I'd rather that be sure. the Jazz or the Thunder. I would rather play the Thunder yeah. than Definitely. I would the yep. Rockets um, just because yep. the Rockets give you such a different look. Now, especially, I don't know if you saw the story, but Mike D'Antoni said they're going to play fast. Groundbreaking stuff, right? Mike D'Antoni teams <laughs> never play fast. What's he talking about? Yeah. No, but they're... They they
1: have not though. That's been, you know, kind of the surprising yeah, thing. Right?
0: They, 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 they don't
1: play overly fast in there. But, but no, I, I hear you. Yeah. I think what it is is, right, you don't have time to change who you are. Right. You know, mid mid season. I mean, they did from the fact that they're playing super small right. and those things. But but you know, you can't all of a sudden say, "Hey, James Harden." I know you're already kind of tired. Can you really push the ball, you know, all game long <laughs> like that stuff? But you know, okay, I want to say something about the Rockets and yeah. say we're kind of talking about them. I think they are the team that benefited the most of anybody by this hiatus. Um, you know, I think Ben Simmons is a single player because I don't know that we would have saw him mm-hmm. in the first round otherwise. But I think the Rockets—they were playing so small. With, you know, guys playing two, three positions up at a time and then guys playing, um, you only playing seven, to eight guys, you are small and playing a short rotation that's asking a lot of guys Mm -hmm. and I by the end of the the I keep saying the end of the year but by by the time we went into the suspension of play they were starting to look real tired Harden looked like he was dealing with some stuff Um, Westbrook at times I know they had had spotted him rest days here and there but even Covington and Tucker were looking a little bit beat up so I think those guys because of getting off their feet for as long as they did I just think that's huge for them because that really allowed them to rest up and if they come out playing a little faster and i I wouldn't be surprised if they come in and say you know what this is weird let's really embrace it let's shoot 50 60 three-pointers a game and we're really going to let it fly and you know well whatever happens here happens here that wouldn't shock me at all and there's so much variance with them because i could see them being a team nobody wants to play in the first round i could see them being a team the lakers are like damn it they were at six and, yeah. or they were at you know were at five and pulled off the upset minor upset as it would be but now we got to deal with that in the second round and that's just you know i think they're just kind of the team that's even if you you feel good about beating them they're just going to be kind of a pain in the ass to play and i think that's the, the thing you're really looking at because as you said they're just so different from everybody else and you're really gonna have to change your style because because of the way that they play you can't do your regular stuff. You know, if if you're the Lakers and you get them in the second round, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard are essentially useless yeah, in that you can't series. Play them. You- going to have to go to ad at the five a lot more and that puts a lot more pressure on marcus morris and uh kyle kuzma and not marcus morris marquise morris marcus is on the clippers um but you know puts more pressure on those guys to play big off your bench and you know lebron at the four and you know maybe maybe you're going to have to play caldwell pope more and you know all those sorts of things and you start getting into these weird roster combinations that you're having to make when you haven't had time to really do those because that's what i think the lakers were really going to use this last month uh, or so of the season was to start preparing, you know, let's play. Maybe we might have seen some weird lineups from them. Let's start preparing. Maybe if we see mm-hmm. Houston, maybe yeah. we do some of this and play play all these weird lineups. And I think that would have been, you know, kind of huge for them. And now, you know, maybe, the, you know, eight games of that, maybe we get that. But, but that's not a lot of time Just to start really trying new stuff when you're also trying to knock Rust off and redevelop that chemistry you built during the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at everybody that's here in the Western Conference. They all play a fairly standard – Game, I think, except for the Rockets and the, the Clippers can go small too, and they do with with Montrezl Harrell in there. But
1: and the Thunder to close games, because yeah, the, they'll play the three guards. Right, the Thunder yeah. will
0: will as well. But uh, but the Houston Rocket, it's a totally different animal. And it like we saw when the Lakers played the Rockets earlier this season, uh, and they had just started going small and they didn't have time to adjust or anything the Lakers were completely taken out of what they were trying to do. And they kept trying to just force the ball inside. Cause they're like, okay, we're a foot bigger than everybody else that's yeah. on the floor. And that, and that yep. got messy. And, and so that's, that's certainly a concern. Like if I'm like, if I'm the Utah jazz, the Rockets are the team I least want to see because one of your big, your biggest <laughs> weapon no, man, is Rudy Walsh. Gobert yeah. and you can't play yeah. him. So it's, that's, that's going to be an interesting thing. And I'm looking at, you know, the thunder and Rockets being tied, the jazz only being a game up, There's some shuffling there that could take place that will make an impact on the outcome of of the Western Conference. And so it's something I'm going to be keeping a close eye on. And and then even, you know, if things go the other way, if the Rockets decide, hey, we're going to preserve James Harden, we're going to preserve Russell Westbrook, we're definitely in the playoffs, we're not worried about where we land. Like, it's not out of the question either for the Mavericks to make a run for the sixth seed and then get the Nuggets instead of the Clippers. That's a thing that could happen, too. There is so much still up in the air here in the Western Conference.
1: And for the Mavericks, too, that, that, you know, really takes you then, you know, if you feel like, hey, we can get up to six, we can pull off that first they round can upset. Get five. Now you don't have to play the Lakers in the mm-hmm. second round. Right in that and that's huge. So yeah, so I yeah, it's definitely gonna be the West I think has a lot more room for, you know, variants, just it is so tight and compressed and then and that's before you even get to the bottom, oh my which gosh. is you know, could could be a wild run too. But yeah, I you know, I'm with you. I, I think you know, the Western Conference is the one where you're gonna really have to be watching. And I think at the end of each night, you know, when when all the games are over, you're gonna have to hit refresh on the standings mm-hmm. page. And, and you're probably going to see some movement in there. And, you know, and that, that'll that be, you know, fun to monitor. And, and you know, Utah, we, we didn't really talk about them too much. You know, I think – one of the things with the Jazz that I've always felt for for the last few years is they always seem to get off to these slow starts. And I think it's because they run more sets than a lot of teams yeah. do. They don't play a lot of free you know freestyle ball out there and those kind of things. They're, they're not real ISO heavy. And I think it takes a while for that machine to really get well-oiled and running. And then we see right it's right around the holidays each year. They kind of take off. And then by the time we hit the playoffs, it's like, man, Utah's playing good. Then they get in the playoffs and it's all of a sudden it's like, wow, the offense is kind of logging down again and I think the reason that happens is because when a team sees you four, five, six times, you know now all of a sudden it's I know what you're going to run here. Right. I know how to jam it up. I know how to mess mess up this set. And then they have been so relying on Donovan Mitchell to you know bail them out of everything the last couple of seasons that that just gets really tough. So I think what you're looking at for the Jazz was well now we got Bogdanovich can make shots. We got Mitchell who can do do his thing late and you know late in the clock. And then we got Mike Conley who can also step up. And I think Mike Conley maybe has more pressure on him to step up than any other player does on any team that, that's mm-hmm. not uh, maybe just outside the true contender um window because i think he has to because otherwise i think i just i can't see it with the jazz if conley isn't really really good like throwback mike uh, memphis mike conley good i don't see any way they beat anybody in the first round well you know and that's no matter
0: where they fall and it really I just can't see it. it really depends on what mike conley you're going to get Right, because the beginning of the season we saw Mike Conley that where Utah Jazz fans were like, "Oh my gosh, what what did we get? Yeah. This guy, yeah. this is not the guy that we Worst that we thought we were getting." League, yeah, yep. all of that. But listen to this, you know, the last so at the begin so on this season, Mike Conley, uh, in terms of his his averages, what he's uh, what he's putting up. Hasn't been great. I mean, you shot forty percent from the field, which you know isn't great. Thirty-eight percent from three. Okay, fine. Thirteen point eight points and four point three assists. Not very Mike Conley style averages. You would expect more. Uh, yep. In the last yep. five games. Right, The last five games before they pulled the plug on everything, 16.4 points, 5.6 assists, 48% shooting, 45% from deep. Maybe those percentages are a little bit higher than they normally would be, but that sounds a lot more like the Mike Conley that you were expecting, 1.4 steals per game, and his play did start to pick up. And so I think the Jazz. And I think he was finally healthy. He was, too, you
1: know, because he had been, you know, he had been really dealing with a lot of stuff. Right. prior to them, but yeah, I, I'm with you. So
0: that makes Utah a different hand. Now losing Bogdanovich, maybe that step, you know, maybe you get two Huge. steps forward with yeah. Conley and two steps back with Bogdanovich. That's yeah. that's possible. But uh, but I will say that he gives them a lot more of a puncher, puncher's chance than if they still had that older version or that early season version of Mike Conley. It all, it reminds me a little bit of uh, of Joe Mixon. Right with the Cincinnati Bengals. At the beginning of the season last year, he was terrible. But you knew you knew there was more to him than that. He just wasn't getting the opportunities. The sets weren't right, all that sort of stuff. And then the second half of the season, he exploded. Kind of the same thing with Mike Conley, where at the beginning of the season, he wasn't great, but you knew there was something better there. And then we started to right. see it. So that could change the Utah's fortunes. But still, out of that grouping, out of Utah, Oklahoma City, And Houston, I think Houston is the the cream of the crop there. And then you can rank OKC and Utah in, in some way.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, let's talk about OKC for a minute so we don't skip over yeah, them and then get yelled at for small market <laughs> bias. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, one, maybe them and the Grizzlies, you know, uh, one and 1A yeah. for surprises of the year. I didn't have either one as anywhere near being playoff teams. And, you know, here we are. looks like both may be playoff teams. And I think, you know, OKC, the way, you know, one, hats off to Chris Paul, Man, yes. that dude's just he's he's awesome. Every time I'm like, yeah, I think that's it. He's starting to slip everlasting. Nope, he's Still you know, good. Mid range killer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just you know, he's gonna he's gonna, you know, hurt you there. And I think if I think it's funny, I think them and Houston both, they would really love Utah in the first round. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I think that they just cause that's they they both have the ability to neg- negate Gobert uh quite a bit because Chris Balls, he's just gonna pull up. Yeah, you know, he's mm-hmm. just going to pull up from mid-range and knock in jumpers. He's mm-hmm. not never going all the way to the rim. So that's going to be really tough but yeah you know shea gill just alexander really blossoming into a star i think I think now it's starting to become clear that maybe he's not really a point guard but he's a really really good secondary yeah. uh playmaker and scorer and i think that's actually the better role for him and that's going to allow him to blossom into the player he's become dennis Schroeder, he was my pick for sixth man of the year because he's been so good um this year you know uh, behind um paul and in in uh, sga and he's you know just playing you know there where it's um you know, closing games with all three of them. Steven Adams just kind of does his thing. Nurones Noel, you have 48 minutes of you know pretty good rugged center play. There, I just you know, what I worry about is on the nights when you know maybe Paul's jumpers off a little mm-hmm. bit and maybe you can control SGA. Is Schroeder going to be enough to make up that scoring? The forwards are just they, they might be some of the worst in the league. I mean, you know, it's, just, it's just not very good. You know, yeah, yeah, I, that's true. I forget about him because he misses time. Yeah so often. So good call. That's right. Um yeah, he he could be big, you know, for them, but you know, behind him. You know, that's a, you know, tough, right? Darius Baisley, you know, maybe he'll be back. Abdel Nader. You know, these guys are role players. You know, who, you know, in their they're ideally role players you wouldn't even be playing that much. But yeah, that was my bad on Gallonari, So, you know, he he should be really good. So yeah, I think they're a fun team though. I think I think if they you know I I I think it's gonna be Houston and O K C angling a little bit to try and get to either, you know, it's going to be funny. Whoever gets Utah, great, and the other one's going to be like, all right, well, if we fell out of the uh, into the mix in the six, and we avoid the Lakers mm-hmm. until the conference finals, we feel good about that. But what's funny is, I think it's going to be just as much, um, yo, know, it'll be interesting. Which says that probably tells me OKC okay, and Houston will play each other in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because because I think they're both going to be angling to try and avoid each other because I think they actually. Uh, OKC might match up with Houston a little bit better than some of the other teams, you know, can, you know, as far as I, I think you go to Noel a little bit more in that series allow because he's a little more mobile can do mm-hmm. a little more uh things around the perimeter and the like but yeah they're they're a fun group man i, I love okc i love watching them play you know just because because they're so tough so don't hold me don't hold it against me thunder fans that i'm on my uh like fifth podcast <laughs> and seventh radio interview of the last two days and i forgot about danilo Gallinari. that's my bad that's completely my fault
0: i i think they'll forgive you for that one <laughs> keith and you know what I, i'm looking at that grouping i'm thinking man okay you're gonna get one team is going to wind up out of utah okc and houston one of those teams is going to wind up having to play denver in the first round and and that's going to be yeah. that's going to be tough so i think they're going to be angling to get, or the clippers or the or the clippers yeah if they if they drop back yeah. that's going to be man they, however the, the west falls there's going to be somebody who isn't thrilled with the matchup that they wound up with yeah. um again if i'm if i'm utah though the team that i'm trying to just stay away from the houston rockets if i can if there's any way possible yeah. i'm getting away from that 100%. like if i'm utah i'd rather play denver i'd rather play okc than play the rockets because of that that center issue uh but
1: yeah if it comes down to that last day and utah can throw a game and that gets them out of playing the rockets i don't care who it means they have to yeah. play that i wouldn't be surprised if they're like oh yeah mitchell and Gobert got in a fist fight in the locker room, and now they they can't play today. So we're you know it's suspension, you know, for the two of them, and they just throw the game you know completely away because yeah, because they don't want any part of the Rockets. not again. That's like that's like the worst nightmare scenario for I think Jazz
0: fans to flip it around. I think the one team that Houston does not want to see is the Clippers. I think that's the team that is best equipped yeah. to deal with the small ball from the Houston Rockets. Yeah. So they'll they'll do what they can Absolutely. to avoid them. Um, let, let's yeah. jump to the bottom. Especially with
1: Marcus Morris. Yes, Sorry. No, with Marcus good. Morris. Too, because they could go to Marcus. They could go to a front court of Morris, Leonard, and uh, George, mm-hmm. and be super small, just like the Rockets are. and Match up with them without any worries. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yep.
0: Uh, yep. Let's jump to the bottom of the table, though. You've got the Memphis Grizzlies, yeah, and then the Portland Trail Blazers actually got a little boost when it was determined that the NBA was going to go by win percentage rather than games back. So that actually gives them an advantage because they've played more games than the New Orleans Pelicans. So technically, if say the Blazers go six and two, and the Pelicans go six and two. The Blazers would go ahead. They'd be, they'd be yep. in front there. Uh, but you've got the Sacramento Kings in the mix. The Spurs, we just found out they lost LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't see them as being a real threat to claim that 9 or even 8 seed. The Suns, I don't see them being in the mix either. So, Keith, how do you see things playing out for that 8th and ninth seed in the Western Conference where I know there's going to be a lot of attention paid to, the, to that final spot?
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you, you know, and I've made it, you know, said this before too, and I just realized it's it's got to be really dark in here right now because it's a uh, it it's thunderstorming outside, so it went from bright and sunny to oh, you know, yeah. super dark. I wasn't but, so I, I was on our
0: video screen, so it's like you're <laughs> yeah, sudden. Yeah. I don't know, like you're in a haunted house or something, there, man.
1: Yeah, right. It's that's what happened, man. That's what happens here in Central Florida. We get the this is why games can't be played outside <laughs> here because you know uh, mid afternoon, early evening, we get thunderstorms roll through. Looks like the world's gonna end, and then it'll be sunny. Here in probably about 20 30 minutes and beautiful for the rest of the night. Um, but yeah, back to basketball. Um, I've made the joke too that you know, who cares? You know, we're making so much of this for whoever the Lakers are going to rampage over in the first round, but I do think that there is something to it. I don't know that the Lakers really overly want to play, um, Memphis and a bunch of young dudes who are going to you know run up and down and make the Lakers have to chase them and those kind of things. John Ramp being a blur out there, still the Lakers will win that series, but you're gonna have to work. Probably a little harder in those games than you really ideally would like to. Then I really don't think you want to play the Trailblazers. You don't want to deal with Damian Lillard unless you have to. You know he could win a game or two all by himself. And now all of a sudden it's a series, and you 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 certainly didn't expect that. Especially a healthy in the first Blazers round
0: with Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic coming back.
1: Yusuf Nurkic, exactly, and that's going to be huge because you know that's been been kind of their thing. And you know Hassan Whiteside, Melo's played pretty good mm-hmm. for them actually. I think you know he's been a net positive signing. You know their defense fell apart, but their defense stunk anyway so you know now now mellow's in there giving them some scoring from from the four position trevor reza has helped a little bit defensively you've got you know i i think they're gonna be a tough team but yeah I, I as i look at it i think you know i i hope it doesn't come down to that whole you know uh win percentage yeah. thing because i just might. don't want to listen to to it and it might and i you know i fear that it may um uh, but yeah i think you know Portland and New Orleans, I think, are the only ones who have realistic chances of getting into the play-in scenario with Memphis. And they are the only ones I think have realistic chances of beating Memphis twice in a row to actually claim the eighth seed. San Antonio, I'm writing them off. You know, and yeah. maybe I'm wrong. I've done it before, but you know, cool one of my favorite stats, and I'll repeat it here, the Spurs have made the NBA playoffs uh, every year in their this is their forty-fourth season. They have missed the playoffs four times this is
0: ridiculous. prior to this. It's ridiculous. Four and times. and here's the thing, the they they miss it this season, season, they can put a little asterisk by it and they could say, right? they can say yeah, well, right? but you know, that doesn't really count because it wasn't a full season.
1: Well, and then they'll they'll miss it, draft play. they'll miss it, jump way he'll up get in the water draft pick. James Wiseman, and he'll be awesome. Yeah. Right. Because two of those two of those four years, one year they got David Robinson, the other time Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. So I mean, come on, what, you know, just, just that's why they've made the playoffs for twenty-two straight seasons, right now. But but I, I'm calling them done. The Suns, they're they're as done as the the Wizards yeah. are. They're you know, good for them though. Good for them to get back, young guys. You know, great experience to play. You know, uh, what are you know, it, it, essentially they're meaningful games for them down the stretch here. So you know, good for them to be in there. Um, and the Kings, I love the Kings, but I feel like the Kings are just you know, I. I don't know, man. I could see them maybe making a run, but I could also see them, you know, maybe more than any other team. It just implodes mm-hmm. around them because it just seems like, you know, Buddy Heald's not overly happy. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is a free agent after the season. Um, you know, who the heck knows what's going on with Marvin Bagley? He's, you know, uh, been injured all year long. Um, you know, so I, I just don't really fully know what to expect from that team. But I think, you know, they'll be fun to watch because I like watching that team. Mm-hmm. So so that really, so I'm, I'm, I'm really saying, it's Memphis, Portland, and New Orleans for that last spot. I think because of their inherent advantages of one, they've got to at least stay even to where they're at. Portland and or New Orleans um, to to get into the play in scenario with um, Memphis, um, right? Because they're both three and a half back. Is that right? Or New Orleans uh, yes, is four yeah.
0: So they're all three. So the Blazers, Pelicans, and Kings are all three and a half games back of the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies for the eight seed.
1: So, you got to at least play even Mm with them, right, to get there because you got to be within four games. So, that's the first part. And then, um, but then, then you, so you got to play even to even get there. And then you got to beat them twice in a row. I'm going to give the, you know, advantage to Memphis, which is the way it was set up and the way Mm -hmm. it should be. But it would, but it's not going to surprise me at all if Portland comes through there and and wins this thing. I wouldn't be surprised if Portland shows up there, goes like seven and one, and then beat to Memphis twice in a row is in is in. Um, that would surprise me a little bit more with New Orleans. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to enjoy the heck out of watching at a minimum eight more New Orleans Pelicans games this year with that team fully healthy. That's going to be a blast.
0: Yeah, you know, you look at, at this setup and the way it's the way it's run, yeah, like the Blazers could very well go 7-1, like you said. And the thing is they play the, the Grizzlies twice in that stretch. So, yeah, so that could change things yep. very, very quickly. Um, I disagree that the Grizzlies are a team the Lakers wouldn't want to see. I think they are the team the Lakers want to see that are realistic possibilities I would rather sure. see I would rather see the Grizzlies anyway than the Blazers or the Pelicans um, I that's just that's just me I, I think even though they're young I, I think they are so young they and they have not enough experience where an experienced team like the Lakers will be able to handle the Grizzlies whereas the Blazers that's fair. you look at what the Blazers can bring you, you've got a center combo of Nurkic and, and Whiteside that kind of negates yep. what the Lakers have with JaVale McGee and, and Dwight Howard in there. Usually they've got a bit of a size advantage there. And if you're bringing back Zach Collins, I think that's a different look to throw on Anthony Davis. Where, and not saying that Zach Collins can defend Anthony Davis at, at, to any necessary degree. But sure. otherwise, earlier in the season, we were talking about Carmelo Anthony on Anthony Davis. Like that was happening. Yeah, just some size. Yeah, and that's was, yep. that That doesn't yep. work. So uh, so I think the Blazers are a real threat. The Pelicans are such a fast-paced team. I was looking up this stat the other day. The Pelicans, in terms of the amount of distance covered per game, are number one in the NBA. The Lakers are 29th in the NBA. Um, it's just a totally different scheme, different idea. And that... That kind of diversity between what the Lakers want to do and what the Pelicans want to do. If the Pelicans are able to enforce their will, maybe they can give the Lakers a series there. The Kings I'm not too worried about in terms of matching up with the Lakers, but I'll also say it feels like we are kind of writing them off even though yeah. they have even odds here. And looking at all of these teams, the Grizzlies, Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, Suns, over the last 10 games before the season ended, Playing really good. the Kings had the best record. They were 7-3. and three. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah, they were playing great. They they were finally to the point where they were, other than Bagley, they were uh, as healthy as they I think had been almost mm-hmm. all year, and they they were really playing well. Um, you know, uh, but, you know, it's, I, I just wonder, you know, when you've got guys like Harry Giles and Bogdan yeah. Bogdanovich are free agents. Yo, know, if it, it, what happens if you lose your first couple, then are all of a sudden are those guys like eh, I'm not so overly right. interested in diving on the floor for that loose ball True. or whatever the case is, and that's what I think we're gonna really see here. And again, I, I'm gonna be a broken record on this; it's no different than the than the two weeks in April before the season ends yeah. each year. You you really get in there, and that's kind of the mindset guys have. They're they're kind of turning things off and going into the next year. But yeah, I, I'll tell you what's funny is that you you made some good points, you know, on the Pelicans. The other piece too is. If it's the Pelicans, and the Lakers. Well, man, that's the storylines upon storylines. Adam lines. Silver's like, dancing. Do the... <laughs> oh, of course, man. If Zion got in, and you got those. You know, you got that matchup. You know, you're going to get four, five, six games of Zion yeah. against LeBron. Like, give that to everybody. But then, you know, do those Pelicans guys do? You know, Lonzo Ball, uh, uh, Josh Hart, and um, uh, Brandon, Ingram. Brandon Ingram have a little bit more for the Lakers. Do they? You know, kind of want to stick it up their butt to you know, hey, we're here and we're ready you know and that that team is you know they're tough and yeah and and it's funny i'm I'm so glad you pointed out how slow the lakers play because we all have this image of lebron being this freight train Mm -hmm. in transition which he is but that's like twice a game now you know that he does you know those kind of things where he you know rips and runs and goes all the way down the floor and you know just outruns everybody it's not like it once was you know where it was um you know, you know he, he was constantly up and down the floor running. And that's not a knock. I mean, the dude's in year 100 in the league, and he's played about five billion minutes. So, you know, I, I don't blame him at all for the style he plays. But that's the mistake people make. They think they think his teams play fast, and they never do. So so I'm with you. And I, I know the Grizzlies, I, I don't have it right in front of me. I don't think they play super fast um, either. But I just, you know, I, I think that's – I just think those are the teams the Lakers would, you know – just, I don't think you just want to be chasing those young guys up and down the floor mm-hmm. if you can avoid it. But, but yeah. But then if it's if it's either one of those, you take either one of those two before you take Portland for sure. Just, I would be terrified of Dane. You know, I'd just be terrified that he's going to come in, you know, uh, over the course of a series average, you know, 45 points a game. And, you know, and he's going to steal a couple. And then the next thing you know, you're you're you know, down the wire in a game six trying to avoid a you know, winner take all game seven with Damian Lillard with the ball in his hands. Yeah, nobody wants that because I think Dame's just one of those dudes. You could again, I say this a lot. You could play games on the moon and he's going to show up and, you know, do his thing and you know, be, be the guy he is. So, yeah, man, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. There. You know, I, th- I think it's going to be you know really interesting and a real you know uh, you battle there there at the very end.
0: Yeah, it, it certainly is. And, and just looking at uh, pace, I just pulled that up. Uh, the Pelicans are second in the NBA in pace. Second, surprisingly, a little bit to me to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, so Pelicans are second. Yeah, Mem- yeah, are right Memphis Grizzlies are seventh in the NBA in pace. Lakers are twelfth. <laughs> and I, I can't get it to load for whatever reason. But uh, as I recall, the Lakers were pretty solid in terms of, of fast break points. They were, they were scoring quite a yeah. few points in fast-break situations. But you look at their general offense, it, it's LeBron with the ball and a lot of other guys spotting up. It's yeah. not a lot of movement. The yep. Pelicans are flying all over the place. That's going to be a differentiator there. Uh,
1: that's it, and then you got JJ Reddick. You are going to chase mm-hmm. him around screens for the whole game, and that's always a pain. Right. You know to do stuff like that. They're mm-hmm. starting to use Ingram in that way too. And then you know, just as you're focused on those things, then you got Zion slips a screen, and the next thing you know, you're, you you know, you throw it somewhere just shy of the rafters <laughs> in the gym, and he goes up and gets it and dunks it right. right. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, the only two teams in the West I'm fully writing off are the the Spurs and the Suns, which you know you know what that means. The Spurs are going to get this, you know, AC <laughs> because. It's you know what happens when we write the Spurs off is is they do that. But yeah, I I can't wait. It's gonna be be so cool. The thing the thing that I love is too we don't have to watch, you know, the Lakers, you know, steamroll over the, you know, Cavs. You know, late in the year, right? You know, that, that those games don't exist, these games are all between pretty good teams. Um, you know, or at least teams that have something to play for. You know, now, yeah, there's going to be a couple teams by the end who are like, I'm like w- Washington, they lose their first two, well, they're done, and then are they just like, whatever, let's just play this yeah. thing out and get out of here, you know? So, that's you know, I think that's going to be you know, interesting to see how that goes down, but, but yeah, it, it's going to be a blast, man. And games all day. Yo, know, like, sign, sign me up, dude. You, you got to be loving that you're a teacher right now. I'm going to be home for the vast <laughs> majority of this.
0: So, uh, I'm, be, I'm you know, not perfect. actually. I'm going back right. Uh, I go back right before it all starts up.
1: Yep. All right, I'm gonna make a phone call and tell him I need. I need yeah. a <laughs> special project. Special project work. Get a sub. Let's do it. You know, Trevor will be back. Uh, he'll be. Uh, we we'll roll in sometime in September.
0: That, that sounds is when you be available. <laughs> that sounds like a plan to me. You know what you mentioned? Uh, you mentioned the Wizards. If the Wizards lose the first two, I'm going to keep a, be keeping an eye on how closely Bradley Beal is hanging to the to the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> yeah, going to be right? over the there Brooklyn going, hey, Nets. Hey, yeah. you guys want to trade for me? <laughs>
1: Right, who's closing up to Bradley Beal at the pool exactly. at the resort? You know, we're all kind of you know together. I, yeah, though it's going to be funny because I said we're going to get those stories. Um, after remember, it was all about the the Olympics. Mm-hmm. How you know that's where they built those teams. We're going to get those stories. You know, five years of you know where we really developed our it relationship was, was that, that we Disney <laughs> at the Disney bubble. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, man. But no, nah, man, I can't wait. I know we're wrapping up here because I got to run to to uh, to do some radio here. But but this is awesome. How good was it to talk basketball again? It's amazing. Like actual talk about basketball. Amazing. Um, what I will say is coming up on the show, Trevor and I are already kind of mapping this out a little bit. We're going to start talking about those, the eight teams as uh, John Hollinger named in the delete eight. Um, you know, which is, I think absolutely That's hilarious. Um, yeah right that is fantastic um we're gonna start talking about those teams and getting into their off seasons and really going in depth on you know what it is we think they need to do and cap scenarios and trade exceptions and all the like there and you know kind of do what we do on that and then you know once we actually see you know matchups and schedules and all those things then we'll come back we'll break down the full playoffs give our predictions of course because that's you know something you have to do um and we'll'll we we'll, we'll go from there but yeah i you know i can't wait i think this is going to be really you know phenomenal Phenomenal to to get into all this and really you know um you know, see when this is all come together I'm hearing you know maybe mid next week late next week we may have that uh the eight seed games scheduled oh, cool. um, i we may know what that schedule is it sounds like what they're targeting towards they're they're just trying to finalize some stuff this is a you know it sounds easier than it than it is and it doesn't even sound easy and that's you know uh, so that's you know what a massive undertaking this is but yeah man we're we're almost there next month. You know, by the time you hear us next, it'll literally be a month and a half. We'll be right there, dude. This thing happening, we can't wait.
0: Yeah, that, that's true. It's it's going to be amazing. Can't wait for NBA basketball to come back, and so close that is right around the corner. Guys, don't forget rate, review, and subscribe to this show on uh, on Apple Podcasts. We always love reading your reviews on there. It certainly helps us grow. Appreciate you guys listening. And if you're watching on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button and then ring the notification bell. Get notified every time we have a new video coming out. Make sure you're following Keith on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. You can follow me at Trevor underscore Lane on Twitter at Trevor Lane NBA on Instagram. Keith, any final thoughts before we, before we call it a show here?
1: Nah, man, hit us with those five star yep. reviews. Tell a friend. Give us a rating too. Um, you know, even if it's just something as simple as love the show. Um, you know, those those really do help. The the rating, you know, the ratings help, but those reviews, you know, help help quite a bit too. And then uh, you know, tell tell friends. And if you don't like the show, um, you know, feel free to tell us so we know what to do better next time. Um, you know, we can't change who we are. I can't change how I look. That I'm sitting in a completely dark house <laughs> right now. Other than turning the lights on next time, but I'll try to do that. But yeah, psyched, man. Can't wait. Yeah, I'm super excited that we're doing this every week because i think we're you know we're, we're hitting our rhythm that's now, right man, and we couldn't have picked a better time
0: that's right we're rolling all right guys thanks everybody for listening and watching and please make sure guys you stay safe till next time see ya.